Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Kevin for Spoilers. I am your host James Bonds and today we're going to be reviewing Independence Day Resurgence. <laughs> Let's get rolling. Thank you all for joining me for my review of Independence Day Resurgence. Thank you guys for listening to my epic movie voice. If it's terrible, I'll work on it. Don't worry. <laughs> um, Independence Day Resurgence. What to say? Was it a terrible movie? Was it an awesome movie? The answer is both. I completely love this movie and I absolutely hated this movie. But... It's exactly, it gave me exactly what I expected. I went into this movie with absolutely zero expectations. I expected cheesy dialogue. I expected basic, big explosions, a huge spectacle, and I expected bad acting, and that's exactly what we got, people. The question here is simply, did it give us enough of all the good things that we came back for from the first movie and sadly, the answer is simply no. Um, the plot is simple. The aliens are back for revenge. And of course, the ships are bigger, the weapons are bigger, and the queen is bigger. Um, pretty much, the Harvester ship is the size of the United States. It uses um, this giant laser thing in the middle of the ship... And it's drilling a hole, which is what we find out is what they were also trying to do in the false movie. We found that out in the scenes in Africa. They're drilling to our arts core to use the core's energy to power their ships. Comic book fans, I know exactly what you're thinking. Galactus. But I assure you, Galactus is not in this movie. He would have been a great addition if he was actually in this movie. But no, we got this. Um, but like I said, there are some there are some cool stuff, and I'm going to get I'm going to get there. Um, like I said, all the all the stuff in Africa is really cool. The whole ten year war between the Africans against the aliens, a grown war. That's the kind of movie that I want. And if I'm the studio, I'm already thinking of a spin off movie to do that. To tell the tale of a 10-year war of a grown war against humans versus aliens. That's badass. If it was me, maybe that's what this movie would have even been made of. Because the other plot surely wasn't anything interesting at all. Um, Dr. Oaken comes back in the movie. Love, love that. Every cheesy and terrible line that he says, I love because it's what I expect. This movie's crap. I just want... It doesn't matter. He's having so much fun in this movie that I am willing to get into the crazy, into the stupidness, and just fall right into it. Everybody else is, is trying to be serious. They, they're trying to add charisma to the movie. Fake Will Smith, I'm looking at you. And it's really bad that I'm calling him that, but I am way too lazy, and I simply just don't care enough to go on IMDb to 
to learn your name. This movie is too stupid and I don't care. You were bad in this movie. Everybody was bad in this movie. It's not his fault. I'm not downing him as an actor. This entire movie was terrible. There's nobody really could have saved it. As a matter of fact, I'm kind of glad Will Smith wasn't even in this movie because I don't think he could have saved it. But anyways, I'm spo- I'm trying to get the positives in there before I start ranting about the bad stuff. Like I said, Dr. Okin was great. The explosions, the special effects look great when they actually gave it to us. Um, later on, we see the queen. She's fucking huge. Looks completely badass. She gets into her suit, which completely took me back to Iron Man 1, where Tony puts on his suit for the first time. And the, the, the um, helmet closes and it ice his eyes turn white you see the um the alien armor close and then her eyes are closed and then they open and go to black it just made me think of that for some reason because i'm just trying to make trying to think of cool things to incorporate with this movie um continuing all all alien backstory stuff like like i was saying before man like all of those harvester ships going from planet to planet civilization after civilization being killed being destroyed by this one alien race using their planet's cause to power their ships to gain greater technology so that they could be the definitive alien race in the universe it's actually kind of cool law for independence day like it's a cool place for these sequels to go that's why i'm saying i'm so in i'm in i'm in i'm in but this is the part guys this is the part where we get to the bad stuff. The stuff that I just can't take in movies sometimes, even if it's just a dumb popcorn movie, the stupid cliches and the, and the constant references to the first movie. And this is something with movie sequels on a whole, man. It's just like, I understand marketing. I understand you want to get the audience with the nostalgia from the, the, nostalgia from the first movie. I completely understand that, but you do not need to jam it down our throats, man. We have the, the good old captain must go down with the ship. You get the director of the moon base. He dies. You have the cliche main characters losing family members. Not Will Smith. They bring poor Vivica A. Fox back in this movie. Now, she dies nobly. Spoilers. She dies. But she dies nobly, she saves a woman and a newborn, and she falls to her CGI pathetic death. And you feel nothing, because the acting is terrible, she wasn't in it long enough to be like, oh, well, yeah, it's Vivica Fox, like, yeah, I mean, I love her so much, and now she's gone. And I think that's another thing, is just when this movie came out, just 20 years, maybe just too late, well, more like 18 years too late, because sequels, you want your sequel to come out, like, within the next two years of your current film, maybe it's just way too removed. The show in a hospital is like, okay, she went from being a stripper from what she was doing before, she was helping people, and she became a doctor, she, she did more with her life and i respect the hell out of that but then she doesn't really do anything she's there to add this false dramatic tension that you don't really feel because you are so removed from the false movie that they're constantly trying to remind you of and going into the references of the false movie you walk into the white house there's this giant photo of of will smith 
And then you see in, in, in Africa, Jeff Goldblum is constantly references, referencing um, the war of 1996. Or remember what happened in, in 96? The technology that we found, um, this ship, this was the only ship that landed in 96. It just like over and over and over. It's like, yes, yes, we fucking remember when the movie came out, man. Just like we have another another scene where people are just watching as buildings are being exploded and being lifted up into the air and planes are being broken apart, being lifted into this giant mothership's gravity. And although it looks awesome, it's just like, okay, I've seen it before. Just because the CGI is better does not mean I really care to see the same thing yet again. Um, President Whitmore allows the aliens to use him the same way the aliens use Dr. Oaken to communicate different another plot point in the movie. It's just another callback. It's just remember the scene in the first movie. Then you they try to recreate the same scene where Will Smith is is leading his team of fighter pilots and they're going head to head with the alien fighter fighter jets. And it's just like, okay, it's just a bunch of CGI noise. You can't really tell which is which. People are dying, but you don't really, you don't really care. You don't get invested. Like, you don't, you, that's the problem with this movie. You don't feel anything. There is no energy, no charisma, no tension. You feel nothing. President Whitmore gives another speech, and you would think Bill uh, Bill Pullman is going to give this amazing, this epic speech again that gonna make the world rally, and we gonna get together, and we gonna kill these aliens, and it's this boring, dry speech, and it cuts to black. Next scene, he gets to fly again, but this time he he's gone off to kill himself. And the new, new president, after the president and the joint chiefs of staff are all murdered again, um, the president at that time, she says, there will be no peace, which is yet another callback to the first movie when the aliens were using Dr. Whitmore to let us know that there will be no peace, only war. And then, once again, um, just... As they were about to kill the alien queen, not Will Smith, he says, Get ready for a close encounter, bitch! And just all of his lines are just so bland and boring. It's just like they took, they saw that they had Will Smith in the first movie, and it's just like, we're going to have Liam Hemsworth and this other guy, and we're going to use both of them to try to be Will Smith at the same, not at the same time per se, but we're going to combine each of their screen times and see if we can make them the most Will Smith as we can. And you fail. You simply fail. And yeah, Will Smith wanted more money. He wanted something like $50 million for this movie and the next upcoming sequel which i'm sure he would have tried to negotiate because they want more sequels to this movie and to be perfectly honest they're on the right track to make to make this a franchise it's just the storytelling maybe just don't need to be in emmerich's hands it's just you wanted to go in this cool edgy direction 
but I don't think Emmerich is the right guy to take it in that direction. Much like Transformers, Transformers, and this is really bad. <laughs> Transformers should not be in the category of stupid popcorn, torn your brain off movie. When people say that, it really grinds my gears because Transformers have such rich story, dude. Such rich story of a civil war between the Autobots and the Decepticons. Again, I've been taught tangent into Transformers, but still, like, you're trying to shoot for the stars, and then everything you're doing is just bad and terrible. But anyways, like, try, I'm trying to focus in on the end. We get to the final scene, guys. President Whitmore sacrifices himself and gives his final line on behalf of the people of Earth. Happy 4th of July. He sacrifices himself. He blows up. We think the queen is dead, but all the fighter jets are still going. The fucking um, harvester ship is still absorbing the Earth's core's energy. And we realize that the queen is still alive. The queen has her own personal ship. And we have lots of other fighter pilots giving their lives, shooting at the queen, trying to take down her shield. And it takes Patty Whitmore's um, <laughs> amazing shooting skills and her war cry to finally break through the shield. And then, like I said, we get back to the stupid cliche countdown. We've only got two minutes before the core is going to be absorbed, blah. And it's more like a 10 fucking minute scene. And then somehow Liam Hemsworth and not Will Smith, their ships get pulled into the hive and the queen is now controlling all of them. And then Liam Hemsworth has this really cool idea. Let's use a fusion drive like we did in the beginning, just in case you forgot. We're going to use that and we are somehow going to go so fast that the queen will no longer have control of us. And that's just the way it works because it's a movie and going really, really fast breaks the queen's connection to the technology of the ship. They do a control dive into the tornado thingy, which was um, using the alien ships to shield the queen and they fire down at the queen. Um, they shoot the queen. The queen has the alien orb in her hand. The queen gets shot down. The queen is dead. All the alien fighter jets fall because the queen died, of course. Um, the harvester ship is no longer absorbing the core's energy. The countdown has stopped. And the earth is saved. The boat guys who wanted a hundred million dollars just to stare at the ship, they are now rich and that's all awesome and stuff. And Julius is taking in orphans. That's pretty much Independence Day, guys. Um Yeah. Julius Levinson is in this movie for no apparent reason. These kids are in this movie for no apparent reason. I would have preferred more explosions. <laughs> you could have simply take these guys completely out of the movie and give me more explosions. But whatever, the alien orb 
offers to use all of their advancements in technology to give the humans better weapons and we're going to take the fight to the aliens and in the words of Dr. Oaken, we're gonna kick some serious alien ass. The screen fades to black, movie is over, Independence Day resurgence, people. Sequels, sequels, and I can't wait. I can't wait. This movie was terrible, but I loved it. And I can't wait for more sequels because I get to see more pew 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 and explosions and more things. Interstellar travel. We're going to find the aliens and we're going to kill them. And it's going to get super campy and boring and I'm going to stop caring. That's pretty much what's going to happen. They're going to take this so campy and so out of space and ridiculous and people are going to stop caring. But guess what? Until then, I'm going to keep watching. This is Batman and Robin kind of entertaining. You don't take Batman and Robin seriously. You watch Batman and Robin as an incredibly ridiculous comedy where you just need to get some friends together, throw some popcorn in your face, and laugh your ass off at the incredibly terrible dialogue and bad acting that you're watching on screen. And that's what Independence Day Resurgence is, guys. It's a stupid shove popcorn in your face, terrible, awesome, wonderful, ridiculous movie that you could possibly watch. And I'll keep watching them over and over. Um, once again, thank you guys for listening. And I'll leave you with some cheesy dialogue from the film. From all the people on planet Earth, happy 4th of July. And I'll see you guys next time.